Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up! I mean, no one comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Two minutes to go. And a pucked up Dan Holpe watching a bad bounce out of the corner and a shot and a save made by Braden Holpe. Oh my! As Alex Tuck was robbed on a puck that came bouncing out of the corner and Washington by a whisker. Still on top with 159 to go. My goodness, Braden Holpe. Off the face of the Capitals have won it. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is, the return to glory. And welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page, as well as our Twitter and YouTube channel. If you are uh, joining us live here in the uh, video, interact with us throughout the night, leave a comment, make sure you give the video a like and a share, we'd appreciate that. And uh, as always, we uh, we thank you for joining us. I, the, uh, the, the overlay here looks a little bit different, uh, I'm going to play around with it, uh, but again, thank you to Anthony DiStefano for the uh, the new logo and the new look, we appreciate him and... Uh, and the new branding of this show, and, and we are uh, glad to be with you on a Tuesday night. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media and all of our uh, channels, as well as our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And, of course, the sponsor of NGSC Sports is Arena Eats. Make sure you check them out, arenaeats.app, uh, for, uh, for all the info uh, on Arena Eats. We are glad to have uh, Sean and Dave back with us. Sean, how you doing this week, buddy? Well, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, another beautiful night in the Tampa Bay. Uh, nice, cool weather. Just thought I'd fill everybody in. Just another smooth 70 to 80s kind of day. Um, you know, obviously uh, in the center of the sports world, just excited to be watching. Uh, excited for the new microphone, courtesy of Jake from Louisville. Um, Lu- Louisville. That lives here in St. Pete's from Louisville, uh, not Louisville. Uh, <laughs> it is Louisville. And uh, I didn't even get the uh in there. I'm still pronouncing it wrong. But either way, uh, great find on the mic uh, to Jake. And uh, Dave back with us. Dave, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, it's nice to have a football team that's over 500. I'll just uh, leave it at that. Hey, Notre Dame's over 500. I said a football team. 
At least my college team is playing right now, currently. So, we'll my go. college team changes week to week depending on what monetary purposes are needed. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Can't argue with you much on that one. Um, all right. Obviously, this past week uh, we saw the return of uh, of Alex Smith to the lineup after almost two years after the uh, the horrific leg injury that he suffered against the Houston Texans, um, and it and it really kind of like brought up the question to me. You know, is has there ever been like a, a a more miraculous return than what Alex Smith did by being able to return to sports? And like I was, I was trying to think of any, and and to be a hundred percent honest, like I, I I honestly could not come up with any. It it just you know, and 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 after uh, seeing all of the like all of the, 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 the documentary footage and the pictures and things of what his leg looked like. Like not only was it that he may never play football again. I mean, this guy literally could have lost his life. I mean, it was horrific what, what he went through. Like I, I can't even, I can't even fathom, you know, half or, 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 you know, a, a small percentage of what Alex Smith went through to get back. Um, so Sean, I'll, I'll throw the question to you. Like, can you think of a, of an injury that somebody came back from that that was more miraculous uh, than 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 Alex Smith? I mean, I, I think they're they're all different. I, I don't know that anybody's ever been, you know, more miraculous based on the condition he had been in. You know, obviously, you talk about uh, Tiger Woods who fought for a long time uh, to overcome back issues, things like that. None of those injuries were near as bad. Uh, obviously, you have uh, the story of Oscar Lindblom this year uh, and various other um, athletes that have overcome cancer to play again um, and things like that. Those are I, I feel they're very different. Uh, and normally when you have a horrific injury and a chance to come back like this, whether it be ACL, knee, there's a lot of real bad ones. Um, but but this one, I mean, with the infection was pretty bad. And um, I mean, just to see him on a roster was was miraculous enough. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anything. Uh, as kind of under-the-radar heroic, because the other ones were all more primarily televised. I think this was just an under-the-radar heroic, uh, being that it's a guy late in his career that may not you know, kind of have that return to glory, so to speak. But, you know, he and his family, just to be out there, um, super excited. Very proud of Alex Smith this week. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, he he was started the year on the active roster. You know, he was, he was the third string, and then uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, was was benched. Then we found out on Sunday he wasn't even in the building. Uh, Kyle Allen, the starter, Dwayne Haskins, not in the building. Was a uh, you know was reportedly a, a stomach illness of some sort. Uh, and then Kyle Allen gets hit uh, real hard there at the sideline, and all of a sudden Alex Smith uh, not only is the backup quarterback, but but goes into into action. And um, you know when you said uh, Lindblom, Sean, immediately I thought of uh, um, Mario Lemieux. Then well, was, sure. was obviously another one, you know, with 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 the cancer and and and, and things like that. So, um, you know, that one that one may rank up there. That was one that kind of had slipped my mind. Uh, Dave, can you can you think of any? Does any come to your mind? Yeah, Lemieux was the one that I had uh, just from a pure a cancer one, yeah. kind of aspect. But uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of I don't want to say it's kind of different. You know, a cancer versus an in-game injury. An mm-hmm. in-game injury. I don't know that there's. Um, much more of a significant one that's happened, recent memory at least, uh, and kind of come back from. But, uh, you know, I echo everything you guys have said, that uh, real happy to see him 
make it the whole way back and not just one of these that you rehab in your career minor league type of guy like you see in baseball sometimes uh, with the pitchers and the Tommy John and things along those lines. But uh, happy to see him make it the whole way back without a doubt. Yeah, and, and I mean, one that we will um, obviously touch on the, the ramifications of uh, later in the show with our with our NFL Big Four, but, you know, it's, it's this kind of and, – and it's kind of why I, I titled the episode what I did, Sports Gave It, Sports Take It, because, you know, a couple of hours after uh, the return of Alex Smith, we see the horrific injury uh, to Dak Prescott and, and the implications that it'll have on the, on the Cowboys – um, you know, and it's, it's just a reminder of, of just how quick, uh, things can change, uh, in the, in the NFL and in any sport. Um, so, you know, it, kind of in this, in this same idea, in the same, um, area of conversation, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of reaction to the DAC injury, like, you know, this is why you should have signed the long-term deal. Um, and, and for me as a Cowboys fan, like, do I, do I now obviously wish, you know, for him that. Uh, they were able to get the deal done, and he wouldn't have been a franchise tag this year. Absolutely, I, I wish you know he would have got they they would have been able to get it done um, even without the injury. You know, you never want with especially with that position uh, for it to be you know just kind of looming over your head like that. But um, you know, for me, the, I also look at it, the fact that like Dak Prescott went, was willing to bet uh, on himself, and these guys don't don't make those decisions without understanding the the risk of injury the risk of um you know potentially something like this happening um you know and and what impact it'll have on on his contract moving forward his stance with the Cowboys that all remains to be seen you know it's successful surgery expected time out about four to six months uh so he should be ready to go uh for the you know for this season next year barring any complications obviously we wish him uh, the best, but you know, with the situation with Dak Prescott, it just shows just how quick uh, things can happen in the in the National Football League. Well, yeah, it's um, it was it was very fast. It was like you said, it was almost like within. Uh, it felt like minutes from from the Alex Smith uh, glory to that. I, I didn't even uh, obviously it was the next slate of games, but um, yeah, it's not something you want to see. And of course, uh, you know, kind of being that Philly area and you know following a lot of Philly groups. Um, Unfortunately, you get the groups of fans and you get the guys that are going to celebrate or praise when that kind of thing happens. And and there's no way to stop it. I mean, they can feel how they want to feel. But, um, you know, I I have no room in my in in my heart or my head for that kind of choice. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, am I glad to see any opportunity the Eagles have to be in first place or to be near first place? Sure. Do I want it to be at the expense of somebody in the situation that he's in? Um, No. Uh, that is that is not something anybody should wish on anyone uh, in any situation, um, especially a guy. And, and you know, the one thing that I, I brought up, I think, in a conversation to you earlier in the week, James, is the interesting thing is him uh, opting to not take the, the, the contract that was offered to him and to test it for a year and to prove his worth makes the situation all the more interesting sure. uh, in that he um, he doesn't have the guaranteed money after this year. There's no like long term deals uh, locked up. Uh, so he's going to have to rely on uh, either Dallas or a free agent market, um, maybe take another shorter deal or a tag again. Uh, so so even the long-term ramifications for him beyond just recovering from this uh, become very, very interesting. Yeah, and I know uh, Jerry Jones in his comments uh, on uh, on Monday said that, you know, that, that and even Stephen Jones said it, that, that their their plan for the future still has Dak in it. So what now what that'll mean Number wise and and right. whatever you know we'll, we'll 
uh, remain to be seen. You know, for, for me, it's it's um, you know, it, it's not something that that needs to really be talked about right now. Obviously, in the in the short term, the the, the priority is for him to stay healthy and avoid any any complications. And for the first couple of days, it looks like that uh, that has been the case uh, so far. Uh, Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, so I think you guys covered it pretty well again. But uh, you know, number number one, you know, story. You never want to hear uh, Dak get hurt or anyone along those lines get hurt. Uh, but you know, you gotta. I, I don't want to, you know, back Jerry Jones here. But this is also a business aspect too. That uh, some of the numbers that that Dak was rumored to be asking for were pretty astronomical, given the the guy's skill level. I mean, he he's not going to get Patrick Mahomes' money. He never should. Um, now again, is he a top ten quarterback? That that remains to be seen. Uh, is he as a top twenty quarterback? I mean, who knows? You you probably got to put him in the top twenty. But uh, the other piece going along with this too is it's going to be interesting to see how this really shapes the Cowboys going forward. And I think it's a good thing. Um, not to not that that got hurt. Let's not uh, you know dwell on that. But uh, I think it's going to force the Cowboys to give the ball to Zeke a lot more, which is something that they needed to do and they had gotten away from earlier in the year. Um, which is going to, you know, kind of put the horse to work, for lack of better terms. And again, it's a shame that it had to happen with Dak being the cause of it and his uh, ankle, you know, getting uh, severed, for lack of better terms. But, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a uh, interesting scheme change for the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, I bet uh, as a Cowboys fan, you're pretty happy they went out and signed Dalton, too. Yeah, I mean, I I never hoped that he would have ended up being our starter, but uh, if, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna be in that situation, you could probably do a lot worse. And we've seen a lot of teams end up a lot worse. And the craziest thing, like if, if, if you if you have the stomach to 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 watch the video of Dak's injury again, the, the first thing he tries to do is like bang his ankle or his shoe or what I don't know, like exactly what what he at that moment if it. You know, if you were just kind of in shock and you thought, oh, maybe my shoe's just off. But, like, if you want, he tries to, like, bang something back in place. Like, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. Like, Yeah, I gathered he thought that the, the, the flopping or the whatever was happening with the full fracture, uh, it, it really looked like he thought it was equipment. Like, yeah. with the momentum and it everything that happened and the immediate feeling loss. He had no idea that was no. his foot flopping. No, it was it was nuts. Yeah. Like, it was it was absolutely nuts. And, um. But yeah, yeah, well, you know, and and for the Cowboys, you bring up a great point. Like they're going to have to lean on Zeke more, but part of the problem with that is their offensive line is just in complete disarray right now. Um that's why Dak Prescott, you know, after the first 4 weeks of the season was on pace to pass for 6700 yards this year, uh which is just a ridiculous number because I think what Peyton Manning's single season record is what 53, 54, like he was ready he like he was going to explode that record. Um, I, I don't think you're going to have a lot of success if you're expecting Andy Dalton to put up that many yards. But uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about the Cowboys uh, here in just uh, just a little bit. Let's continue though with the with the NFL. Um, and there is a game going on right now, and because of the the NFL's ongoing uh, issues with uh, with the coronavirus, uh, Tennessee leading Buffalo twenty one to ten in the in the third quarter. You know, so we've we've seen this, um, you know, over the over the last couple of weeks, we've seen games had to have been adjusted and and things like that because uh, of of positive uh, COVID cases with uh, especially the Titans, uh, but some other teams as well. And now the uh, the NFL has had to make uh, some significant 
uh, changes to the uh, to the season schedule. Uh, this was from Sunday. Um, the, the league released uh, a series of scheduling changes. Uh, the Broncos Patriots have obviously moved from last week to this upcoming week. Seven other games were affected by the postponement. Chiefs uh, and Buffalo from week six moves to uh, Monday, October 19th. Uh, that was supposed to be Thursday night, so that that's still within uh, next week. The Jets-Dolphins game from week 10 um, to week six. The Jets-Chargers move from week six to week 11. Jaguars at Chargers moves from week eight to week seven. Chargers-Broncos from week 11 to week eight. Uh, Chargers-Dolphins from week seven to week 10. And Dolphins-Broncos from week six to week uh, 11. Uh, as a result, six teams will now have different bye weeks. Uh, and if you want the full release on that, we did uh, post it on our social media, uh, both Facebook and Twitter, on Sunday. And I think um, after all of this shakes out, I think by week eight, uh, I think I saw like 18 teams or something in the league will have had their bye, which is uh, not normal if you're keeping track at home. Um, so for now, at least with the, the Titans getting back on the field and most teams having no cases or uh, very minimal. Um, it, it appears that the NFL has kind of dodged the bullet for now. But as we've seen with this drastic of a change that the NFL implemented this past week and the number of bye weeks and things like that, now I know uh, it was released that they have a p- potential for a week 18 if it would come in place, but that is like a last-ditch option. But I think that the, the clear message here right now is – the NFL's kind of running out of options. Like this was this was kind of a you know eleventh hour hail mary. Um, you know we're going to make all of these changes, but teams now really even more than they have up to this point have to really buckle down and 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 get their stuff under control because you're not going to have the ability for for very much longer to make a wholesale move like they did uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an issue of, of uh, like you said, uh, like uh, last hour, but, you know, that concept of time, um, I mean, it's just, a, you know, I was, I was just kind of discussing it before any of those changes happened this week. Um, you know, with the moving of games to Tuesday and stuff, I said, you know, the Steelers, um, I was talking to a Steelers fan uh, watching the games this weekend, and uh, – he, he's like real adamant. Him and his buddies were furious because the Steelers, uh, they thought, got screwed, uh, you know, kind of by all the cases. You know, they wind up with a bye week earlier than possibly ever in the in the NFL. And, you yeah. know, they, they went from a kind of perfect spot midseason bye week to, to having to take it now. Um, and you're seeing other teams have to do the same. So I think the the, the quicker they get moved up, the better at, to, to make it more fair. But um, you're, you're going to run out of bye weeks. Uh, you know, so so I, I mean, I think at this point you got to start planning a, a plan C, D, uh, you know, um, try to try to have something in place that if it goes down and past bye weeks, um, you, you got to have a way to do it. Is it going to be a second bye week? I think if you're going to do something as, as extreme as uh, forfeiture uh, or uh, something like that, then it has to be you have to let them know ahead of time that like you got to let teams know if you're, you know, past this date on the calendar anything like this is considered a forfeit, um, you know, please plan accordingly. Then, um, you know, teams need some 
kind of notice to to you know fully get that in place, even though they probably should have already done that already. Well, and then if you're the Broncos, you know, you go from practicing for the Patriots, yeah, to being told you, this is now your bye week. You're playing next week. Well, typically, also on, you still have to play the Patriots, like, right? Like, and and typically on a bye week, they they don't practice. Um, nope. you know, it's it's a it is literally that is a week off for guys to rest up and and just kind of take a week away from football. The Broncos don't have that anymore because right, and the team they're playing will now most likely have a very different quarterback scenario come the time that you do play them. Yeah, absolutely. Because by you'll all- be playing against a Cam Newton. Uh, instead of a uh, Brian Hoyer or the Rook, yeah. You know? So uh, yeah. very different scenario, very different preparation. Basically, a whole week of prep is shot, uh, you know, because you're preparing for essentially a whole different offense. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, it sucks, Dave. Not to mention that the NFL is going to go after Denver for an illegal bye week practice procedure or something. Then too, <laughs> um, just going along with all the the nonsense. But uh, well, you got to make money, bud. <laughs> That's exactly it. But uh, I think you got a couple things that are going to come down the pike here from, from Dave's point of view. I think week 18, I think you're going to need it um, from the sheer fact that you're going to have some of these teams that are going to be playing 16 straight weeks if they make it into the playoffs with the bye weeks when they were. Um, you also didn't have preseasons. These players are going to need a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't even know if you call it recuperation or something along those lines, but then the pure just scheduling madness is going to have to happen here because you know it's going to come down again. Um some of these NFL players are just too uh, – they're, they're not, you know, about the team. It's all about me. And, you know, you talk about that Dingleberry in New England that started the whole thing with New England. <laughs> so, um, you know, just just that type of stuff. I, I think you're going to have another outbreak, and you just have too much travel involved. I mean, it's, we, we all discussed it. That that's why the bubble really worked is that the travel wasn't there. Um, there's just too many additional points of contact. But at the same point in time, I think uh, – I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm loving this NFL on a Tuesday night, uh, two Monday night games. I could get into this being, you know, old <laughs> habit. Get rid of the Thursday night games and let's go – let's go uh, let's go uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I can deal with this and then, uh, you know, move a team around or, or whatever you have to do. But I think uh, they're going to have to get pretty creative with some scheduling and some other things here to get the, the full season in, which I do think that they're going to do. They're going to find a way. Um, like we've said, there's just too much money involved, but – um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do when the next wave kind of creeps up. And, and I've seen a lot of talk that, uh, you know, if, if the Titans violate a protocol or the Patriots did or something along those lines, instead of finding them, make them forfeit the next time you have to do the schedule. But again, I agree with what you guys said that if you're going to make that a penalty, you got to come out and state that now. So, uh, but there's going to be a juggling act without a doubt. Well, yeah. And I, th- I think, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about it. I mean, even back to our, our season previews is, um, you're either going to have to make that choice. It's either going to become a forfeit or it's going to become a, um, you know, it's going to become a situation of, uh, you know, kind of pausing the season for a week or two and just shifting everything back. So instead of the Super Bowl being the first weekend in February, it ends up being the third week in February. Like it, it, those, are, those are the only other options besides, you know, having to cancel everything, which I want, the deeper you get into the year, the, the deeper that money pool runs and the less likely that option becomes. Uh, but guys, we have a little bit of uh, breaking news here tonight. Breaking news. A statement from uh, New York Jets general manager Joe Douglas. After having conversations with Le'Veon Bell and his agent uh, and exploring potential trade options over the past couple of days, we have made the decision to release him. Uh, the Jets organization Whoa. appreciates Le'Veon's efforts 
during these during his time here, and we know he worked hard to make significant contributions to this team. We believe this decision is in the best interest of both parties and wish him future uh, success. So Le'Veon Bell uh, released by the New York Jets here on a uh, here on a Tuesday night. How about that breaking news on a Tuesday night? Um, but yeah, it's it's it, you know this this whole COVID situation is. Um, like you said, Dave, it, it, there's there's no way that, that the league's going to get through uh, the remaining you know twelve weeks of the regular season and playoffs uh, without without another issue. I did see earlier today uh, that they're exploring uh, potentially having some sort of a bubble in place uh, for the uh, for the postseason. So um, you know, with I think L.A. maybe Dallas uh, as as potential options, which as we've seen in other sports, you know, baseball included, um, but basketball and NHL, the biggest uh, success stories uh, when it comes to, to bubbles, uh, they work uh, because uh, you, you you isolate and uh, you know if you don't let you don't let anybody in, you don't let anybody out, then you're you're not going to have uh, any problems. So uh, that's definitely something that we're going to keep uh, keep our eye on as well. Seven to one on the Jets to go in sixteen, looking pretty better. Uh yeah, that's that's feels like a safe bet as long as they keep uh, Adam Gase uh, as head coach. Right. Uh, they now that's the all. Patriots somehow. Now that was. Uh, I mean, that's all assuming that Le'Veon Bell was going to help them go one and fifteen. Like, was he going to win a game <laughs> right. in that situation? I don't well, know. It's not hurting at all. I mean, it's not hurting. One well, and and Scott asks here. He says, "Who signs Bell?" Uh, as he was just cut, yeah, we just broke the uh, the yeah. news. Um, I mean, right now, I, I don't necessarily see anybody who particularly needs needs him. But I mean, you know, Monday night we, we or Sunday night we saw a situation where uh, you know Dalvin Cook uh, took a step and 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 got hurt. Uh, you know, was able to come back. Um, so you know, he he was able to avoid any any serious issue there. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to situations like that. If a guy gets hurt, then by all means, you know, you're, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to institute people somewhere. But right now, I can't think of anybody um, that particularly needs him. Sean, do you? Dave, do you? Well, I mean, the big thing is, is you know, a lot of the run-heavy teams that, that utilize uh, one tailback in particular uh, have done a really good job of having that plan B in place. Obviously, you know, in the in the uh, Minnesota scenario, you got Madison who just plugged right in um, and is probably going to this coming week. It looks like uh, will just be the A. Uh, so I don't I don't really see a lot of teams that would, you know, if there was a team that really, really needed him or wanted him, the Jets asking price could not have been that high. So I, you would think that if there was a team chomping at the bit to maybe get him and they were calling around to other managers, someone would have come forward with the offer. Um, but um if I was going to pick some plays like right off the top of my head, um, you have a very struggling Kenyon Drake in Arizona. Um, Edmonds looks really good, but he's small. You know, you kind of question the durability issues. Bell's probably going to wander into a uh, committee situation anyway. I feel like being a first two or three down back, you know, occasional three down back, usually two down back in Arizona is a legitimate possibility. Uh, otherwise, I think you're waiting for an injury. Um, Indianapolis came to mind right away, but. Um, but the rookie's looking real good, and, and, and I don't know that they're really going to shake anything up uh, unless it's going to be cheap. Uh, but at this sure. point, he may be waiting for that next that next big uh, big injury or, or situation to go on. 
the Chargers. Yeah, you could. I, I just don't know how he – I mean, he's a good pass catcher, and I thought of that. But they have two, I don't want to say clones of Eckler in that in that offense, but but between uh, Kelly and, and Jackson, I, I think you kind of fill the role pretty well. And, and I don't know that Eckler's going to miss that much time. I know they put him on the IR, but I think you're only looking at a couple of weeks as yeah, cause again, the initial this, situation looked like. Yeah, and this year, again, with the, with the IR, you, you, they, you can get a guy back mm-hmm. in three weeks. So, you know, it's not the eight-week or full season. Right. Um, Scotty says Raiders could have a good one, two punch with Jacobs and bell potentially. And, and I think maybe for a guy like bell too, um, you know, does he want money? Does he want to be a starter or does he want to go to a place, um, that could potentially be, you know, a, a, a winning team as well and, and, and make a deep, uh, playoff run. So, you know, all of that kind of comes into question. And he also asks, how does Gay still have a job? Does he have something on management? Like many people thought Marvin Lewis did. Uh, certainly possible because I mean that guy just looks to be completely uh, outclassed and 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 all of that. Just I think the Jets have outsmarted us all by keeping Gaze because it means they're going to automatically tank for Trevor and then they can <laughs> say it wasn't by plan. It was just our coach and he takes the fall. He just stinks, right? Yeah, the fact that I'm with Scott, the fact that breaking news happened involving the New York Jets and it didn't involve Adam Gaze getting fired uh, might be might be the big surprise for my entire week. Like it's all downhill from here as far as surprise. I was. Uh, I did not see the Le'Veon Bell being the announcement from the New York Jets. Yeah, yeah, certainly not. All right, guys, we're going to pause here for a uh, a commercial break and uh, pay some of the bills here. And uh, we'll be back on the other side predicting uh, some games, uh, both in college and the NFL, checking on the NBA, Major League Baseball, and much more. Stick with us on the other side. Huddle Up Podcast Live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back to Huddle Up Podcast, live here, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, on a Tuesday night with you, there's some uh, live NFL, but uh, we are live with you. Uh, here's a stat. Le'Veon Bell made $28 million in 18 games with the New York Jets. $28 million in 18 games. And for the record, I don't think I don't think they didn't go eighteen and zero in those 
in those 28 games either, by the way. If Did you're... he play in 18 games or he was just a Jet for 18 games? He was a Jet for 18 games. Because then he – no, he held out in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think he was in the lineup. I don't recall him – I don't recall him getting injured anywhere. But, uh, my God, 28 million in 18 games <laughs> with the New York Jets. Maybe there's a reason why the Jets suck. Let's just say that as well. If you're uh, if you're following along live with us, give us a like, give us a share. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, jumping in here, four games on the NFL slate uh, to predict uh, for Week Six: uh, the Raiders, Patriots, um, Saints, and Seahawks. No, Patriots aren't on a buy anymore. That's right. I uh, I forgot to get my update uh, after uh, the, the the juggling. But uh, let's start on Sunday, one o'clock CBS. Uh, the four and one Browns are at the four and zero Steelers, who are a four. And a half points, uh, home favorite over under on this one is fifty. Um, this one, this one should really, I think, be probably the game of the weekend. And I feel like if we were in the flex period, this is a game that could be could have easily um, been uh, been moved to Sunday night because um, obviously the Browns have appeared anyway to finally have figured out how to how to be a, a winning football team uh the Steelers obviously looking good 4-0 for the first time uh since Terry Bradshaw uh was uh was their quarterback and, and by the way if you have not seen uh the uh the, the reality show the Bradshaw bunch on the USA Network it is an entertaining half hour uh you know if you get a little bored um but uh, you know the Steelers have have had that success against teams. I think with a combined record of like three fifteen and one. So you got to kind of be careful either way. Um, I'm going to take the Browns to cover the four and a half, but I think the Steelers win uh, on the last second field goal. Um, I will go. I will go over though. I feel like the Steelers with this uh, with. Big Ben's uh, new favorite toy, Chase Claypool, and uh, and the Browns' offense moving the ball pretty well. I'll take the over, uh, but the the Browns to cover the four and a half. Steelers win by a field goal. Sean, uh, I'm going to take. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different. I, I I still don't know whether to buy the Browns. I mean, I picked against them last week. They won again. Um, I thought the Indianapolis defense was going to um, handle that a lot better. Uh, I thought they were, and I still think they played a good game. I think I think both teams played a played a pretty competitive uh um display there but um I also wasn't sure what to think of Pittsburgh you know coming off their strange bye and you know having had kind of a, a questionable um uh, slate of games uh, leading into the Eagles I thought it was a, a potential trap game for them and kind of one of those like hey how the heck did we win that one um turns out no uh I do think you know they kind of let the Eagles show that they are vulnerable in spots uh you know you kind of had a practice squad uh, finding holes in the defense there for a while. Uh, Fulgham, 10 catches, 150 yards in a score. So Ridiculous. Um, you know. Uh, also, he was a candidate for fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Um, Ridiculous. Didn't win, though. We'll get to it later. Uh, anyway, um, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh uh, is, is more real than Cleveland is, uh, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover. I'm also going to take the over just like you. I think both offenses are just good enough, and the defenses are good enough that if a big play is made, it could result in six anyway. Um, so I'm going to take the over in Pittsburgh. All right, very good. Dave? Yes, I'm going to go uh, Cleveland straight up here, beating Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland is for real this year. They have uh, tweaked the offense finally to uh, 
to cater what Baker Mayfield does well, which is not very much, but he still does enough well to get by a couple of the games here, and there's enough offensive talent there. Plus, I uh, think that he's going to be able to keep it short and get the ball in the wide receiver's hands who can make the plays. The other piece on the flip side of the ball, um, I think Miles Garrett is just absolutely going to on a freaking unbelievable tear right now, and he's just going to eat all game in the, in the backfield there and really disrupt anything that Ben tries to do. Um, I think Steelers' weakness is on their offensive line. I think that Cleveland's really going to be able to exploit that, which is going to put them under a ton of pressure. And I think that you're going to see, um, I, I don't want to call it a defensive battle, but I think it's going to be um, some more long and monotonous drives, the clock running and uh, versus your incompletion. So this game, I think, leans towards the under as well. Um, so I'm uh, going to go going to go Browns straight up and the under. And I think this Browns team is for real. I thought they were for real for a couple weeks. So uh Maybe I'm still crazy, but uh, <laughs> you are. We're on. We're on the pile of shit. Also, yeah, I, I, I thought the Browns were going to be real for a couple of years. Uh, wrong. Every so time. did Cleveland. So I quit. I quit. <laughs> when you hop off the train, it's time to get on the train. Wrong, I guess so. Sir. When everyone hops wrong. off the train. Also, if you if you want to if you want to get really drunk on Sunday, take a shot every time they talk about Miles Garrett uh, using his helmet as oh, a yeah. weapon. Last year against Mason Rudolph, two shots if they show the clip. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be a quick and easy drunk. It'll be a quick death. Going uh, just to, a, to opening kickoff. Just an update from that uh, that Tuesday night game. Um, we had a uh, an interception by the Tennessee Titans inside the fifteen. Um, looked like the Bills were going to hold them to a field goal to keep it within two touchdowns, but in Buffalo fashion, rough the passer first and goal, and Jonu Smith with the touchdown reception. Uh, your score. Um, Thing sucks. <laughs> so your score currently twenty eight to ten. Twenty eight. Uh, as we approach right. the end of the third quarter. Sweating this damn under. Here's, no fun. Here's another ridiculous uh, Le'Veon Bell stat. March twenty nineteen, the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell to a fifty two million dollar deal. Of course, tonight they release him. Le'Veon Bell's totals as a Jet: four total touchdowns, eight hundred and sixty three rushing yards. Twenty-eight yeah, million. Touchdowns. What was his total salary? Uh, fifty-two million. And four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Almost fifteen million a touchdown. Yeah, sounds like a great deal if you're Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Not bad. Guy, guy basically sat on a on an armchair all, for for a couple Jesus. of years. Made made a smooth fifty mil. My God, Not too shabby. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, yeah, way to go. <laughs> All right, we move so to uh, before we hop on here, Jim. Sure, just want to touch on that. But how do we feel about the Titans right now? The Titans and the Bills. Uh, you know, the the Bills were looking at a forfeit here a couple of days ago potentially, and now they're going to get beat probably. So just kind of an uh, you know the ultimate swing here with everything that we're talking about in, in uh, 2020. But uh, you know they've been in limbo here for this you know a full week on these games, and now uh, you know you're going from there was talk of forfeiting heavy on uh, what was that. Thursday probably, and now you're talking that you're going to get an actual loss on it. So kind of quite the uh, the emotional swing here. Well, and, and they were talking about with the Bills, you know, they they had to prepare for the Titans, but they also had to prepare for a potential Thursday night against Kansas City because um, if the Titans weren't able to play tonight, just two days from now they're going to play Kansas City. So I don't know if that plays into um, maybe a little bit of the the Bills' troubles. Uh, today as well, but yeah, I mean, you know, they were they were looking at that moving to five and zero with the with the forfeit win, and now they're looking at, at potentially four and one. And Bill Belichick has to be looking his chops tonight, seeing uh, a team in that division get a loss in the in the column. Well, yeah, and, and it's been a hot mess with Tennessee the entire way, uh, where it's you know it's been like oh well, we'll you know possible 
breach of uh, protocol. Uh, you know, you have all these strange scenarios. No one seems to be in a rush to finish that investigation. Not sure. to mention the fact that, you know, this is two or three straight weeks where it's like, are they playing? Aren't they playing? Is it a forfeit? Is it not a forfeit? And nobody seems to know. I think this, you know, to me, uh, Buffalo needs – if I'm Buffalo, I'm raising a stink this week for sure. This is going to be the one where, you know, if the loss stands, fine. But the league, in, in some way or another, whatever they collect in sanctions from Tennessee, if I'm Buffalo, I want some of it. Uh, I, I don't know how I get it. I don't know what the repercussion, you know, uh, the reparations are for this kind of <laughs> loss. Uh, but I mean, like you said, theoretically, this could be two in a row, including one to a division opponent uh, that you're you're currently in a battle in first place for. Um, you know, obviously, uh, obviously a strange scenario. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see a lot of reason that. I mean, I, I guess I understand why you play the game. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you got to get the games in. You don't want to like really mess your schedule up anymore, but. Um, but I think at this point with Tennessee, um, anything else has to be a forfeit or anything because you have derailed and now you have none. I'd lock everybody in a room. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to be the laughing stock of this of this pandemic. Yeah, and, and you don't want to be the team that's the reason that that brings the season down either. So, nope. uh, and, and the Titans were almost that. Um, all right, you forfeit twelve games. You still win four more than the Jets. <laughs> that, that's that is that's true. That is a hundred percent accurate. Uh, all right, the Packers four zero. They travel to the three and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are a one point home favorite. Fifty one and a half is the number of this one. Four twenty five uh, on Fox. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how the Buccaneers are a favorite against this Packers team. I think this Packers team is really good. Uh, I apologize for every bad thing I said about this Packers team and about Aaron Rodgers on our prediction show. Um, so I am taking the Packers to both obviously win outright and beat the spread on this one. I'm taking the over, and you can go ahead and lock this one up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Sean, we go to you. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm down here in the Tampa Bay. I get a lot of coverage on the Buccaneers and I have the inside track. And let me tell you, nobody knows what to think. <laughs> like that's the one thing I've learned from all the different angles. I've heard everything else. Nobody really knows. You got half of them in complete panic. Like we spent all this money. Nobody can do anything. Uh, we're committing too many penalties. Um, you know, we, we have, we have the other half of like, just calm down. It's a Bruce Arians off. You, you have it's basically everything you hear in the Northeast is just down here. It's almost like all these sportscasters used to live up there. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they must have. Otherwise, you would have never picked that career. Anyway, um, but look, Tom, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay should be fine. I, I think that everybody had the book a little high on the uh, NFC South as far as the total number of wins you're going to need to win it. Uh, I think my current favorite to win it, I think uh, the way I'm seeing things shake out is probably Carolina. Uh, just because they've shown me they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And I know uh, I know it'd be a smack in the face of Big Jim over there uh, who said they were going to be awful, even with Christian McCaffrey struggling to win a couple games. They're 3-0 and without him. He's due back in a couple of weeks. He's a bum. Uh, and that defense <laughs> is playing great. But back to Tampa, um, they're going to put on a, a pretty good performance here, I think, uh, offensively. Uh, but there's going to be some mistakes to go with it. Uh, and I think uh, Green Bay is going to capitalize on that. They've had an extra week to prepare for this thing, um, so I, I, I'm going to agree with Jim's lock on the uh, on the Green Bay side of things. Um, and I'm going to take the over because I think both offenses are going to come to play. So you're locking it up. 
I am not locking it up. Do okay. not lock okay. this one. Okay. Well, you said you had agreed on the lock. I was just trying to I'm confirm. I'm just with your. You've already put a lock on. I it. did no put a lock on it. I was just trying to make sure if you were locking it as well, along with me. Sorry, I, I may have misspoken. I think it, you right? did misspeak a little bit there, Sean. I'm going to lock. Dave, go ahead. Well, it seems like this this is a, one of those games that you feel like it's too easy to bet the Packers and that the Packers should have a, a cakewalk in this one. And it, it seems like an ultimate buy, uh, buy low, sell high spot type of thing. that The Packers are, are undefeated coming in here. And Tampa is at the bottom of the barrel. No one wants to touch them right now. So based on that pure logic, I'm taking Tampa. Um, <laughs> they have a little bit – I'd say that they have extra rest coming off the Thursday night game, but they don't because of this whole scheduling snafu type of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, taking the uh, taking the Bucks here, I think uh, Brady and the offense is about ready to break out. They've shown bits and pieces of it. Um, but as long as Brady remembers when it's third down and fourth down, I think we'll be okay. Uh, to get by the Packers, and since I'm taking the, the, the Bucks, I'm going to keep it in true fashion here and take the under since you Stooges went on the over. All right, then we go uh, to the two Monday night games, the Chiefs 4-1. and one. They are a three-and-a-half-point uh, uh, road favorite at the either 5-0 and oh Buffalo Bills or it looks like the 4-1 and one Buffalo Bills. Uh, 55 is the over-under on this one. This one starts at 5 o'clock uh, on, uh, on Fox. Um, the Chiefs obviously coming off a uh, a loss to the Raiders uh, on uh, on Sunday, a little bit of a, of a surprise there. Um, the Chiefs have not looked great uh, through the uh, through the first uh, five games this year. I think that loss kind of caught up to them a little bit. Um, the Bills, it, it it appears if this uh, score holds, will will probably be coming off of a loss. So you have you have two teams looking to, to get up off the mat, and just based off recent history, if I'm going off, uh, if I'm going with a team uh, that that can right the ship a little bit better, I'm gonna go with Andy Reid. I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes, uh, and I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs to win and cover the three and a half. Um, and and I think I'm also going to take uh, the over on this one if the Tennessee Titans uh, can score 28 uh, on these Buffalo Bills. Uh, I like the Chiefs to do a little bit more. I think that, uh, that that Buffalo will be able to get back and move the ball a little bit um, against the Chiefs, like the Raiders did. So I kind of like a shootout. So I'll take Chiefs plus and uh, and the over in this one, Sean. Uh, yeah, what'd you say that over under number is? Uh, uh, I have fi- I have fifty five. Okay. Um, well, I'm with you. I, I I mean, I think it's it's kind of a surprise. Both these teams are going to be coming into this one. Uh, with a uh, loss potentially uh, in the books right before it. I think that's something that really surprised people. I think, if anything, the NFL was super excited to see this uh, get kind of essentially flexed into a um, a Monday night game. Um, but now it's, it's looking a little less exciting. I don't think it's any less exciting. I think both are very good teams. Um, I love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is a uh, um, uh, just kind of becoming one of those – uh, top echelon uh, quarterbacks way into the top half now. Um, and kind of that, you know, I, I think he's as much a two-threat quarterback as Pat Mahomes is. I think he runs probably more often uh, than Pat Mahomes does. Um, guy's probably Buffalo's leading rusher half the games that they play. Probably. So, um, you know, having said that, I you know, I, I think the worst thing that could have happened for Buffalo in an attempt to try to kind of surprise the champs here is that uh, Kansas City lost. I think – kind of the, some of those struggles is Kansas City the last few weeks 
Looked like Andy Reid's been doing a lot of tinkering. Uh, I've seen a lot of trickery, end arounds, uh, kind of um, almost flea flickery kind of design plays. And I think he's having fun with a lot of the speed that he has. And why wouldn't you? Uh, but um, I, I think that I think some of that, you know, the Raiders just kind of caught him on some big plays. I think the defense is going to make some adjustments heading into Buffalo. Uh, and I think that um, I think the, I, I think the Kansas City uh, Chiefs are going to just kind of go back to what works. Let's let Pat run the show. Let's run the ball. I think you're going to see Hilaire a lot more um, than they needed. They're disappointed they didn't get to use him a lot. Good news is he's rested. Uh, I like Kansas City to uh, to win this one, um, uh, to win and cover, just take care of everything. Uh, I, I But I feel it's going to stay under that number. Uh, I feel like both defenses are going to come out just good enough, especially after a loss. I think both defenses are going to be – uh, a bit upset at the way they got uh, kind of thrashed around. Uh, so I think that number stays under. I'm going to take KC and the under, and you can't lock it up. Don't lock I'm it not, up. I'm not locking it up. Don't lock it up. I, I locked, did that on purpose to see if you'd hit it. I locked mine up. I'm not locking yours. Dave, I don't think you've been with us since we do the weekly locks in both the NFL and college. So if you have one you want to lock up, let me know. I'll hit it. Uh, Dave, the uh, the Chiefs and Bills to you. I'm guessing we're obviously talking about a keyboard there because that's probably the only thing you're hitting. But uh, that's that's probably accurate. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, I, again, I think uh, you guys hit this pretty pretty spot on there. Uh, more so Sean than Jim, but uh, the the bo- weakness of both teams are are the are being able to stop the run on defense. Um, both running backs should be live. Your your DFS uh, uh, fantasies there and uh, everything else along the lines with your your props and everything, but. Uh, I think you have uh, Buffalo's defense a little bit better coverage in the D-backs than uh, Kansas City is, but Kansas City is obviously way better on offense uh, with the talent and all that. So um, I I think that you're going to have a close one. I think that these are two of the three best teams in the AFC. So I think this game is going to go a long way in deciding playoffs and everything along those lines, seeding-wise and everything. So I think you're getting an all-in effort from both teams. Um, I think Buffalo covers here, covers a three and a hook, but I think you're going to get uh, a last second Kansas City field goal to win, and the game stays under, like a 27, 24, 24, 21 type of game. All Who's right. your third day, Baltimore? Baltimore. You have to put Baltimore in there with that running back they have trying to throw the pigskin around. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's a great. He's a great running back. I just don't know why he's a quarterback position. Yeah, that's another team that that hasn't been as uh, as crisp as uh, the, the, as everybody thought they would either. Uh, and then finally, we go to the other Monday night game: the three and two Cardinals travel to the Andy Dalton led three uh, two and three Dallas Cowboys, uh, who are a three point home favorite. Uh, Fifty three and a half uh, is the number on this one. This one is your normal eight fifteen uh, on ESPN. Um, I, I, I would love I would love to take my Cowboys in this one, but. Um, that Cardinals offense moves the ball real well. Uh, they have this really good wide receiver. Maybe you've heard of him, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, uh, that Cowboys secondary is all sorts of bad. Their scoring defense, all sorts of bad. Uh, they have trouble enough getting to the quarterback. They lost a defensive tackle, uh, to a season ending injury. And Kyler Murray's, uh, really, really good at not taking sacks. Um, so I, I like the Cardinals, uh, to pick up the win here. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take the over because, uh, the Cowboys can't stop them. Their only hope is going to be to score more. Um, so I'll take, uh, the Cardinals plus, uh, and, uh, and, and outright win, uh, and the over 53 and a half, Sean. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you hit a lot of good points there. I, I think um, for a lot of teams and a lot of scenarios, if, if uh, you had an offense clicking as well as theirs were and you had a guy like Andy Dalton coming in, uh, you, I mean, you'd really have a chance to still you know, kind of win this game and, and, and keep up with some teams. But the trouble is, is with the defense they've had in place, because you say feed the ball to Ezekiel Elliott all you want, um, if, if that defense plays anything like it has been playing, uh, there comes a point where you can't feed a running back yeah. um, unless your hope is to slow the bleeding. Like, that's really the only thing you're doing there. Um, so so I'm with you on the Cardinals. I think I think Kyler Murray, um, you know, coming into this year, I was real high on him. Um, I, I don't know how high I was on the Cardinals as a record, but that defense has played better than I thought they would. Um, keep in mind, I, I'm still going to cut the Cardinals defense in fantasy because, like you said, I think – Points are going to be kind of flying off both ways. Fifty-five is a is a a tricky number with the Dalton switch. I think if Dak's still the quarterback here, this number is about eight nine points higher. I think team, I think they were going to try to push you big twelve numbers. <laughs> like it, it, and it's it's a weird number because I think Dalton's not afraid to throw downfield. Um, and it's the best uh, talent that he's ever uh, played with. God, this is by far, uh, and I think they may have <laughs> snuck that number down. Due to Dalton, and because of that, I'm going to go with you on the over. I'm going to take both picks right with you. I, I, I just I think that they they're, they're banking on Dalton not doing much, uh, and I think he's going to surprise some people, but it's not going to be enough. All right, very good, Dave. Man, this is great. I love picking the Cowboys when Jim does it because it just makes that so much sweeter when they lose by one point but still cover. So Dave gets paid, and Jim's miserable. We know Beautiful. I'll never do it. <laughs> Why not? So, uh, never, never. I don't care who Dallas is playing. I won't pick them. That's fine. I'm all about the. I'll take so the L. Matter. I'll take the L before before I, I. Yeah. Side note: The uh, hey man, MLB I'll gladly be wrong. So Dave's happy. <laughs> I'll gladly be wrong if the if the Cowboys beat the Cardinals. I, I will be wrong every day about it. I never said that they were winning. I just said that they were going to cover, so I get paid. So just statistical difference there of importance, but. Um, I, I think that the Cowboys are the right side here. Uh, I think they're getting two and a half. That number is going to get to three by the time it kicks off. Everyone's going to play the Cardinals. Um, no one wants to take a piece of Dallas. So if you like Dallas here, wait, you're going to get your field goal at some point. Um, I just I think there's too much offensive talent, regardless. The, the drop-off from Dak to the um, to Andy Dalton is not that significant. I mean, you're not talking that it's a touchdown drop-off or anything. And, I mean, to take this game to Arizona – if you kind of flip it in reverse, you're, you're telling me that Arizona should be 10-point favorites over Dallas. Rough numbers, obviously, but, uh, you know, 8- to 10-point favorites over Dallas and Arizona, that's crazy. Um, I mean, this is this Arizona team lost to Carolina. We'll just leave it at that. That This Arizona team, I mean, maybe this game should be a pick, but you're getting a couple extra points here because of the injury. Um, so I'm taking, I'm taking uh, Dallas without a doubt here. Uh, just since Jim didn't pick them, I'll pick them straight up. But uh, <laughs> no, no lock or anything along those lines. But uh, – I also am going to go with the under here. Um, I think that in order for Dallas to be successful here, that they're going to have to be really conservative, which means you're going to have a lot of short dink and dunk type passes and things along those lines just to get Dalton in some type of rhythm. I think that's going to play into an under and a slower speed. I also think um, Arizona is going to run the ball a little bit more too. Uh, They're going to be able to exploit the Dallas D line uh, and get some success there. So I think that you're going to have – I think you're going to have this game tend to go towards the under, and it, it seems like that total is awful low with how many points Dallas has scored and allowed. So generally Vegas knows something. So this is probably like a 42-10 Dallas blowout that just makes absolutely no sense, and <laughs> everyone's mind just explodes on it. But uh, no one wants to see that, so we won't let that happen. 
I mean, I uh, James, just just for the record, uh, because uh, Dave went the exact opposite of my picks, and I know he's going to be wrong. Uh, you can put a lock on my picks. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. There we go. Sean locked it up. All right, let's move. Uh, let's move to college football. Uh, I have three games on the uh, on the schedule uh, for this weekend. I would have had four, but uh, Baylor can't get control of uh, their COVID situation. Uh, neither can Florida. Boy, a couple of days after Dan Mullen says, "Yeah, let's have a full stadium of eighty five thousand people uh, at, at, at Florida," uh, they are uh, they are sitting freezing their football activities today because of nineteen positive cases. Uh, on their wow. football team, I thought team. they were freezing it because of the condition of that defense. Well, it could have been, could have been that too. Um, it's like the defense just looks so porous. They were like, "We got to stop this." But and and I mean, it, and it sucks for Florida because you were getting an LSU team that can barely figure out how to get themselves on the field, uh, more or less. Uh, you know, getting uh, getting out and, and and winning a game. So um, only three games, and I want to start with uh, with Pitt. They are uh, three and two. They're at number thirteen, Miami. Who uh, I was right, Clemson Steve rolled them. They didn't quite catch that over though, uh, just barely under it that that I had locked up last week. Um, but uh, Miami ten and a half point uh, home favorite. Fifty two is the over under on this one at noon on the ACC network this Saturday. Um, I I think we're, you know year after year people want us to believe in Miami. They want us to believe that Miami's back. They're not. Um, I'm going to take Pitt to cover the ten and a half. I think Miami does win this game, um, but uh, and I'm going to take the. Uh, I'll take the under. Sean, go ahead. All right, well, I'm with you. People want you to buy into Miami. They want you to love them, and 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 they should. Miami's good for college football. However, year in and year out in the state of Pennsylvania and a lot of other places, or maybe I'm more neutral down here in the southern end of the city. Up north, everybody wants you to believe in Pitt too. Uh, Pitt will have like these seasons where it's like I'm we're three and oh look at us whoa uh yeah and then they finish like four and eight four and eight like, nobody cares um uh, it, it's uh don't fall into the pit I guess is what I'm telling you to do because uh, Miami's gonna win this one um pretty handedly I haven't seen anything from Pitt against the opponents they played to show me they can keep up with a top 25 or even top 30 team uh, I, I feel like they're gonna keep up uh, for maybe a half uh, and then they're just going to start making mistakes. And I think that um, that uh, Miami's going to run away with this one. What would you say that over-under number was? Uh, I have it at 52. Mm. Dave likes over. I'll take under just so I don't have the same <laughs> pick as Dave. Dave, go ahead. We're going with the over, uh, no doubt on that one. Uh, but uh, we're taking uh, we're going to take Miami to, to light up uh, Pitt here. Uh, Derek King should be pretty good at throwing on his pit defense. At uh, after the first few games, you heard this pit D is legit. This pit D is one of the top linebacking cores in the country. Yada yada yada. And they got absolutely throttled by Boston College and turned upside down last week. And I mean, Boston College can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag half the time. So um, Pitt's D is not that good. They're they're better than some years, but uh, Derek King's a whole nother level here. And, and Clemson is the class of college football right now. Uh, so to get throttled by them, you generally have a bounce back game the week after. And it's another one of these that uh, no one wants to touch the stinky chicken in the room. So um, Miami stinks this week. So we're taking them. Uh, chances are, you know, it's a, it's one of those that it's just plug your nose and pick it. But uh, you, you take the, the, the stinky chicken and it uh, helps out winning games here. Uh, Miami 
is going to bounce back and Derek King's going to go off this week to show the talent that he has. All right, then we move to uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Boston College 3-1 and one at 23, Virginia Tech. They are 2-1, and 11-point home favorite. 59.5 is the number on this one. Uh, this one also on the ACC Network. Um, Boston College uh, been moving the ball fairly well with uh, Jervik up there. Um, but Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech's one of those teams that it's like you keep wanting to you keep wanting them to kind of get back to the Beamer Ball days. Um, you don't know uh, what Virginia Tech team's going to show up, um, but I think defense for Virginia Tech is going to going to override here. Um, they're going to win outright. I'm going to take Boston College to cover the 11, uh, but I will also take the under 59 and a half uh, on this game uh, on Saturday night, Sean. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, if I just made fun of Pitt and said don't don't fall in the pit, uh, <laughs> the only quality win Boston College has is a one point win against Pitt. Uh, do not fall in this pit either. Uh, despite their uh, half game lead over Virginia Tech uh, <laughs> in the conference, um, believe believe the number in front of Virginia Tech that that ranked number. Uh, versus an unranked number is pretty accurate this time. Uh, Virginia Tech's going to win this one pretty handedly. Um, I think it's going to be um, kind of up and down, but I, I think I think the defense has come to play in this one primarily because Boston College uh, is going to keep a fairly low slow pace on this game. Uh, I think they're going to do their best to keep it um, keep the mistakes at a minimum to try to try to pull this one off. Uh, so I think the score stays under, but I'm going to take Virginia Tech to cover without a doubt. But I don't think it's ever going to hit that 59. All right, Dave, how about you? So the, the one key on this game is how uh, how healthy, recovered, whatever you want to call it, is Virginia Tech. They had 15 starters, or not 15, but 15 players out last week, three of which or four of which were starters uh, with COVID. And how uh, under control is that? And does this game even get played, number one? But, uh, I mean, they just gave up, uh, I don't even freaking know how many points to UNC. They're still freaking scoring. But uh, I think <laughs> UNC had 65 on them last week or something. Um but, uh, you know, I just think that uh, Virginia Tech obviously can score a little bit, but I think that this one's a tough one to really put a pin on what's going to happen right now given the COVID impact and you're still on uh, Tuesday night here with the game later in the week. And um, based on the COVID and everything, you got to take Boston College right now, catching the points and, and adding to the total. But, uh, you know, you got to take the over too because Virginia Tech can't do much on defense with, with all their uh, defensive impacts with COVID at the moment. But, uh, you know, still a lot of time until you get down on the actual game. But uh, I, I don't see how Boston College beats Virginia Tech if Virginia Tech's anywhere close to healthy. But, uh, you know, given everything going on with COVID, it's a big mystery. But uh, I'll take Virginia Tech at the moment, but uh, subject to change on that. And I freaking love Virginia Tech last week against UNC. And then they're getting ready to kick off, and it's 15 players with COVID. I'm like, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> Story of the year, man. It's it, it, that it is unfortunately just uh, just what it's going to be like uh, this year. And then finally, we moved. To- I got four and a half, and it closed at three, and it wasn't a winner. <laughs> it pisses me off. We obviously moved to the, uh, the the biggest game of the weekend, probably one of the biggest games in college football this season. Number three, Georgia. They are three and zero. They go to number two, Alabama, who is also three and zero, a six point uh, home favorite. The over under fifty six and a half. This is the one. SEC game on CBS that gets prime time uh, feature eight o'clock for me uh, and and you know similar questions to is Miami back is Pitt for real in Pennsylvania 
is Georgia good enough to beat Alabama? You know, we just saw Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin put up a lot of points on Alabama. Uh, probably one of the worst defensive uh, performances we've seen out of, out of Alabama in the the Saban era. Maybe I mean it, it, that was that was bad. That was very uncharacteristic. Like uh, Alabama, uh, they were on the road. They come back home. So now the question is. Which one of these teams is for real? Are they both for real? Are they both kind of pretenders? Um, I may get egg on my face on this one. I'm taking Georgia outright. They're going to pull the upset. They're going to go into Alabama. And uh, it's a big-time SEC game, so obviously we're taking the over. And you can... You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. You're locking Georgia up. I'm locking Georgia up up look man i like everything i've seen from georgia i think georgia (laughs) is incredibly for real i think this might be one of the better georgia teams we've seen in the last few years Uh, i also think it's one of the better running backs we've seen from georgia in the last few years and that says a lot um i think i think they have one of the best fraternity fictional movie names at quarterback i've ever heard in my entire life in stetson (laughs) bennett so there's no reason to not like georgia Except that you're playing against Alabama after a week where they could have, maybe, might have, people thought was going to lose. Um, I think a little bit of that is whether any team wants to tell you or not, in college football especially, where you can't afford to lose a game, when you have a big game following what looks like a mediocre game, you're you're doing some prep for that next game. And I think it almost cost Nick Saban and the team because I think Old Miss came to play. Uh, it didn't. Uh, everything is fine now. The ship is righted, and I got a, I got news for you. With a full week to get ready for Georgia and to finish what they started in the middle of their previous week's prep, um, I don't see. I think Georgia's going to put up a heck of a fight, and I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, um, at least from what we've seen. And I told Big Jim in the middle of the week that I would never take the under in any conference based on what I've seen. Uh, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to take the under here, and I'm going to take – Bama, and you can lock that up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Dave, what do you got? He's got no audio. That's what he's got. Too, I'm too dumb to take the mic off. I'm so excited to talk about this game. <laughs> Man, this, is, this game is going to be freaking the college football game of the year, and I am freaking excited you for dumbass. it. You dumbass. Hey, thanks. Uh, we got Stenson Bennett with Georgia. Um, obviously, he he's looked okay. Um, he really hasn't looked all that great. Um, he said the right things, you know, to to show the leadership and all that. Um, Georgia. My my question and concern with Georgia is: Can they really exploit Alabama the way that Lane Kiffin did with his Ole Miss team here? And I don't think that they quite have the offensive weapons. I think that what they do well is running the ball in the trenches, and I think Alabama is going to be able to stop that with their D line and be able to get pressure on it. Um, and I don't think that Bennett's going to have enough time to exploit the, the Alabama secondary, um, which could potentially be a weakness. But this Alabama offense is something that's completely under the radar this year. This offensive team is absolutely loaded with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a true Heisman contender. Um, Alabama should just be able to freaking run up and down. the. I don't want to say run up and down the field, but they should be able to absolutely move the ball in Georgia at will here um, relative to anything that we've seen so far. I mean, Tennessee, had, Tennessee. I think it was this past week, put up 20-something against uh, Georgia in the first half. But granted, they got goosed in the second half. But 
Um, you know, I think that this Alabama team is under the radar for an Alabama team, which is something that we haven't said in how long. Um, especially if I can get Alabama at less than six, it's going to be a big play. Um, I think you got a lot of value on Alabama. Saban's pissed off because they almost lost last week. Saban also knows that this is the game for the year for them. Um, this is like the old school Alabama LSU games from a couple of years back that, that pretty much determine who's the one seed for the SEC. Um, I think that Alabama wins this by two plus touchdowns. I think that this game's not going to be close. I think Georgia is really good this year and I have a Georgia future on, uh, 10 to one. I got him at, but, uh, I think that Alabama and Clemson are just the absolute class of college football right now. Uh, and I would love to see the two of them play again, but, uh, definitely, uh, definitely going with Bama here. And, uh, I'm going to go with the over, uh, on the, on the moral that, uh, uh, I think Alabama's going to put up a ton of points, and I think Georgia's going to get to you know seventeen to twenty ish. But I think Bama's going to be well into the thirties on this. So, wow. um, Jim, you can lock it up that Bama's going to win not only by the spread but by double digits. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Wow! 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 Here's another Le'Veon wow. Bell. Here's another Le'Veon Bell stat with the Steelers six six years. 1,229 carries, $16 million. With the Jets, parts of two years, 251 carries, $28 million. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's another wow. 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 $35,000. Jesus. 35K. Just just raked them over the coals, man. Just absolutely. (laughs) Love the wow. Just absolutely raked them over the coals. You got to use that sound more. I should. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to just beg for it at times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh let's go quickly here uh through Major League Baseball. We'll, we'll just touch on it. Tampa Bay currently leading. Ah! What happened? Tennessee scored, but it's not Jonu Smith. I needed Jonu Smith real bad. Oh. <laughs> I don't even need a lot. I just need like 15, 20 yards and a catch out of him, and I got none of it on their last drive. Uh looks like I'm going to fall three points short of my – Incredible 45-point comeback over Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, Better get this uh, wrapped up pretty quick. But Tennessee is going to do just fine. Better get this wrapped up quick. we got an under 52 and a hook ticket. I'm about to get this thing sucks! (laughs) Um, Major League Baseball, ALCS, Tampa leading the series two games to one, but currently trailing in the top of the third to the the Astros, 1-0. The Atlanta Braves leading the NLCS. One game to none, and they are currently leading the Dodgers seven to three uh, in the bottom of the eight. The Braves, I think, one of the probably the more uh, surprising uh, teams through this postseason. Uh, they are yet to lose a game, uh, sweeping the Reds in two games. The Marlins, who had never lost a playoff series, uh, three games to none, and now looking uh, to go up two games to none over the uh, LA Dodgers. So I think a lot of people. Uh, thought we're going to run away with the National League. So the Braves, a surprising uh, team. And, and if you've been a fan of baseball for a number of years, you figure that the Braves at some point are going to blow this thing uh, because that's what they've done every year except for one. So, um, guys, any thoughts on uh, the, the MLB postseason at this point? Yeah, I, I think as far as um, as the Tampa Bay Rays are concerned, I think uh, you better find a way to win today's game. Uh, I, I think if this one goes uh, uh, back to even, um, I'm not. I'm not so sure they recover. I, 
you know, I, I, I picked the I picked the Rays like you did uh, to go through, and and the more I really started looking at the way the season shook out and uh, the pitching staffs in place and everything else, um, you know, I would say the Rays are outgunned, but I mean, with their payroll, they're outgunned in every series they play, so it's hard to bet against them. But at the same time, I'm going to. I think if the Rays don't find a way to to take control of this series today. Uh, I think I think they let it slip away, and I think the Astros uh, are going to take this, which is what I think is probably going to happen. I think I like the Astros to uh, to sneak in there, but um, but yeah, the the Atlanta Braves uh, early lead there, um, and you say like, all right, just waiting for them to blow up. Uh, you're not going to have to wait very long. Uh, I, I think I think the Dodgers get control of this series and and uh, and work their way through, and I think you're going to see uh, a Dodgers Astros um, uh, World Series. Gross. I still like the Rays, though. How about you, Dave? I'd like to see him go. He's more interesting down here. I just I don't <laughs> see it happening uh, against the Astros. I like them a lot. I think, uh, think the Dodgers really depend on what the Kershaw status is. He got scratched tonight, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's going to be very – I mean, if he can come back and pitch game three, that uh, kind of, I don't want to say twist the series, but no matter what happens tonight, you're looking 2-1. Um, potentially assuming Kershaw – you have regular season Kershaw and not playoff Kershaw, which is a big if. But uh, – uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Braves out west just because Sean didn't pick them. Um, and then whoever Sean didn't pick in the east, I'm taking them as well. Uh, if you're going to give me the Rays, I think I'll take the Rays. They have a two-game Yeah, take the Rays. You can have them. I picked them earlier in the in the season, so I have them either way. Oh, so you're uh, you're just doing – I'm hedging the, my bets. You're, you're doing the normal uh, gym picking both teams in every other episode. So you're no, no, I, no I, am, I, am, I am leaving the it Rays works. to take the Astros. <laughs> but usually well, I will I will bang on the trash can and pick up the Rays. All right, then uh, let's real quick look here at the NBA guys. Of course, the uh, L.A. Lakers um, winning the NBA Finals four games to two, uh, giving LeBron James his fourth uh, championship. And 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 any time uh, LeBron wins a title, it, it begins to 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 ask the question about his legacy. And uh, the people who like LeBron uh, are gonna are gonna champion him. The people who hate LeBron are going to lose their minds because. Uh, you know, the, the, the guy that they love to hate, uh, just had another championship season and, and then everybody else is kind of in the middle just going, um, maybe he's just really good guys. Um, like, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be compared to Jordan. He doesn't have to be compared to all these other people, but, um, you know, when, when push comes to shove, the guy is the, you know, the best NBA player in his generation, He's going to go down as one of the best of all time. Um, and, and what, you know, and, and Sean, I know you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. uh, obviously not on the show, but what, what people fail to realize is, is cause so many people be like, well, you know, he didn't, he didn't stay in Cleveland, uh, to get his titles. You know, he had to go all these other places and, and go to all this other talent. But the difference, first off, you know, the difference in sports now versus sports then is sports now you don't have guys that that are you know necessarily career guys in one city but also LeBron wanted Cleveland from the from the outset to bring in the talent he never wanted to leave there um they just didn't bring in the talent he's like well I know that people are going to always compare me to Michael Jordan people are always going to put me in that conversation um, and again, they play two different positions too, which which I don't think is necessarily fair to either guy. But he he understood that he's always going to be compared. 
So you either bring me the talent in Cleveland or I got to go get it somewhere else. And he got it somewhere else. Then he came back to Cleveland and got them their title um, and now went out to L.A. and got one there. Um, you know, to me, you know, I, I didn't like the decision when it happened. But the bottom line is, you know, if you look back on it, uh, he's even admitted I could have done it better. I didn't have to do I didn't have to make my decision to play in Miami the way that I did it. You know, he he's kind of grown up and matured and realized he didn't have to do it that way. Um and 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 honestly, I, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm not a big NBA guy. Uh it it should have no impact on me. He went back to Cleveland, got his win. To me, you know, all those scores were settled anyway. Um, but LeBron's, LeBron's one of the best ever, and he'll go down as one of the best ever. And anybody who tries to tell you otherwise is lying to themselves, uh, and, and, and lying to, uh, anyone that hears them say that. <laughs> you, you can pass this one to Dave. Let him go second on this one. Cause I, I'm, I'm going to talk for a few minutes. <laughs> All right, Dave, go ahead. It's basketball. I don't really have an opinion, so I'll just concur with whatever you two say. <laughs> perfect. All right. Sounds good. That's perfect. <laughs> Sean, go ahead. Look, the bottom line is is people are uh, people who who fight against the LeBron crowning or who fight fight against LeBron being compared. You can't compare him to Kobe. You can't compare him to Michael. You can't compare him. Yada 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 yada. The people like that is and and the major issue is is when you when you came into Michael Jordan and then eventually Kobe Bryant. I feel somehow I, I still don't understand why this argument didn't come up when Kobe was getting crowned. Because people had no problem crowning him like right next to Michael and being like, "This is the same guy. They sh- they're the same." Uh, all of a sudden, like LeBron comes around, and it's like, "Well, they he couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly be better." It, and I and it's almost like it's too recent. Uh, I feel like with the with the Michael Jordan thing, like because you, you you try to figure who who Michael Jordan was was surpassing uh, above the Mount Rushmore uh, to that superhuman level. Like, was it Wilt Chamberlain? Like, was it more recent with a Magic Johnson and that Lakers team? Like, I don't think people really know who that Lakers team superstar was. Was it James Worthy? Was it a Kareem? Like, I think for a long time, people just accepted that there were all these juggernauts that, like, were larger than life and were better than uh, than anyone around them. And then they were the reason why teams had multiple titles. And people put Jordan up there with them and then above them, which they should have because people realized Michael Jordan – just can't be stopped no matter what. And and when you tell him he can't do it, he does it. Um, and Kobe had a great career too. But like you said, LeBron started in Cleveland. Le- uh, Michael Jordan started in Chicago. Now, but to that point, Chicago hadn't done a whole lot, uh, but they just had gotten a new owner uh, while Michael Jordan was heating up. And, and he was like, this guy's good enough to build around. And he actually built around him. Without Michael Jordan asking for it, without anyone else the closest they got was when Michael Jordan made a fight for Phil Jackson at various points in his career. That was like, and he laid in his career, they made fights and they lost. And it's why Michael Jordan retired. <laughs> so, um, but LeBron James was in Cleveland. I think he it's just a got different. a John new Smith touchdown, Sean, by the way, what happened? John new Smith just got a, caught a touchdown. You got to be out of your mind. No, he just did 41, 16. John new Smith. Yeah. It's the second touchdown of the game. I did not make that up. It's a thing. Well, it hasn't alerted my phone yet. Well, why is Dave shaking his head? I don't know. He's he's very very uppity. I was in the middle of a rant. Dave just lost the over under. So Dave. Oh, so Dave's. Oh, so Dave angry. Dave's pissed. Johnny Smith. 
the greatest tight end in football. The comeback <laughs> is complete. We will not fall to the basement. We will keep. <laughs> we did it! We did it! <laughs> anyway, anyway um, back to LeBron. Sorry. Go ahead. Back to LeBron. Um, back to LeBron. The the big difference is, is you know, and, and the – you and I both know we have someone who's probably not going to listen to this podcast unless we blast his uh, Facebook with it later. I'll send uh, it to who him. Who is adamant uh, about hating LeBron James. Hates him. Hates him, hates him, hates him. And I still – I don't know if it's bitterness. I don't know if it's like, man, I should have bet on this guy earlier. I don't know if he cost him a ton of money. Whatever it is, it seems like a personal vendetta. And it's kind of this whole like, well, Kobe did it the right way and Kobe did it this way. Let me tell you this. If LeBron James had stayed in Cleveland or even went to Miami and was like, you know what, I made a mistake, I'm going back, there is no way the supporting cast that arrived like a cavalry in Los Angeles for Le- Kobe Bryant's career, the Shaquille O'Neal's, the Robert Ory's, the guys that like helped him out in the playoffs. And uh, does Kobe need the help? Probably not. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Kobe's career. He was one of the most fun players I've ever watched. He was one of the best human beings uh, that I can remember coming out of the NBA in a long time. There's no reason to make fun of Kobe Bryant. However, to to say that LeBron has no business being compared to him because he had to go seek out titles, um, I got news for you. If Kobe Bryant had been drafted by Cleveland, he either wouldn't have a title or he would have had to seek one out. That city wasn't going to try anything. And I'm starting to learn that in the city of Philadelphia, we'll pretend to seek one out. <laughs> um, and, and right now we're probably as close. We're on that cusp where either we're going to or we're going to fall back into the abyss that we've been in for so long. And we'll talk about how we got so close like we did with Allen Iverson. So for LeBron James to have to go do it, if nobody judged players by their titles, he wouldn't have had to. Right. Could have stayed in Cleveland, probably still would have led the league in scoring and probably rebounds and been third in steals and done what he does in Cleveland with no supporting cast and made a ton more money because they'd have been like, we'll just pay him. We don't need anyone else. Made a t- He could have made more money in Cleveland, and I'll stick by that argument, than he did in his career. Now, did the championships help with the endorsements and the whatever billion-dollar sure. advertising? Sure. But, you know, say what you want to. The man's been in 10 NBA finals. That's a lot, ten. by the way. Yeah, and I don't know the exact – I didn't look at how many he missed, but I'm pretty sure it's like 10 out of 12. Does that sound right? Uh, approximately, yeah. I don't, approximately I don't know the... 10 out of 12. So um, Kobe Bryant didn't play in 10. Michael Jordan didn't play in 10. Did they win a higher percentage? Sure. Did they win a higher percentage with better teams? Like by the end of Michael Jordan's six, would you have bet against the Bulls in the finals? No. Were people betting against the Lakers in this year's finals? Yes. Were people betting against Cleveland against Golden State? Yes. Like the, the the finals he won, he wasn't even always the favorite, and he was by far, in my opinion, the best player in those finals. And there's no one that's going to take LeBron James off of my personal Mount Rushmore, and I don't even necessarily like the guy as an individual either. Like here's the thing: I think the, I think the biggest the, the problem that people have with LeBron James it always goes back to the decision. It always does. Yeah. And you know darn well the decision was pushed to him by ESPN and by everyone else as much as Absolutely. it was his own choice. Absolutely. Like, was it ultimately his choice? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. But, uh, but whether or not he... somebody's dangling like a primetime slot to make your announcement, and it's larger than life. Like, it was essentially the basketball free agency equivalent of, like, a Triple H WrestleMania entrance. Right, like, yeah. Like, like pyrotechnics. Like, Triple like, H, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin all rolled into yeah, one. like a triple tag match <laughs> coming in. Like... Shut up and take my no money. No one's going to turn that down. How old was he at the time? Like, 20... 20- yeah, it was Two? it was only after a couple of years in Cleveland, right? Pro- I don't know what the biggest mistake of my life is, but it probably happened between twenty and twenty three. <laughs> I, I and wasn't the smartest at that age. Pulled a thousand people and had them pinpoint the largest mistake in their life. It would be some point between those three or four years, and so for LeBron James to get continually criticized for like a PR decision versus a basketball, yeah. like. It wasn't a personal yeah. decision. It wasn't a, no. it wasn't something he said. It wasn't something he tweeted. It's it was the whole shebang. Yeah. Like and, and again, yeah, go go back to when you were, you know, college age or just out of college. You weren't the smartest person in the world. No. You didn't make the best decisions in the world. And like I said, he's even admitted that he could have done that whole thing differently. Absolutely. But, and he didn't he could have but then again, if he just like quietly leaves in the night, people bash him anyway. So Right, I, I don't know. He, he was going to get flag leaving Cleveland, way. leaving his home home city behind. He was going to get flag again because your your comparison to Jordan and the fact that Jordan never left Chicago. Sure. I mean, obviously right. at the end he played in Washington, but it was irrelevant well, he, by he, that point. People forget, like Jordan did leave Chicago. Yeah, he, he went and played in baseball, in a different sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like he he retired. Was like, I'm done with this. This is stupid. I'm out. And he, like a baby, like walked away and then, like, came. And I know it wasn't like a baby scenario because his dad had, you know, his. Right, you know, he right. Had the, the whole situation with his dad. And he was going through a lot and maybe a change in my life. And nobody criticizes him for it because it was like a big moment in his life. And I think LeBron had a big moment in his life where it was he was young and he decided, you know what? I have a choice now. I can stay here and I, like, I can keep fighting for play or I can go try to build that career and then maybe come back someday. And. He did just that. He came back. And I think the city of Cleveland forgave him. I'd and if the say city so. of Cleveland can forgive you Everybody. for the decision, then no one else gets to criticize him. The only one city in the country has the right to be pissed at LeBron James for leaving Cleveland, and that's Cleveland. Yeah. And if he came back to Cleveland and gave them the title they were looking for for all those years, then screw everybody else. <laughs> Go where you want. And, and I mean, to be honest, it's not like he went to the Lakers and built a Golden State Warriors team where it was no. like a million guys taking pay cuts to play there. He's got a center and then like a supporting cast that, yeah, they're real good. Are they as like people thought they might lose to the Clippers in the playoffs? Like people thought they might yeah, lose to the Nobody thought they were going to win. Nobody like, thought they were the going to win way this through, championship. Like people thought maybe they, you know, and then I saw him get critiqued for being on the phone on public national television, like making a call, like, oh, Michael would have never been on that phone call. Like, Michael didn't play in a bubble away from his family, first of all. That's, like, the biggest thing, is that he's in a bubble trying to contact people he cares about. And um, it's a different world. It's a world that lives on social media, and it's a world that's connected by cell phones. So that's all I'm going to say. As you can tell, I'm pretty angry at all the LeBron haters. I think the fourth title gives them a lot more merit than they've had to argue against those people before. And... Do I think LeBron has a shot to win another one before he's done? Yeah, I think he has a chance to win finish with five or six. Absolutely. I don't think he's anywhere near done. So, you know, by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be in more finals than anyone in history or darn close, and he's going to have just as many rings as most of the people you would argue against Jordan and Kobe. 
So stop whining. Let the man have his rings. And LeBron, go enjoy yourself. Because I knew you weren't going to until I gave you permission. So go <laughs> basically, enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Basically, to all the LeBron haters. Shut the f*** up. You said it, brother. All right, let's uh, let's close this thing out, Sean. Let uh, let everybody know where they can uh, follow you, uh, or if you have anything else to add. All right, well, I'm here at uh, uh, my Twitter handle at Sean Shine State S H A W N Shine State, and um, might want to uh, you know send me some uh, send me some love on the Twitter this Sunday as we uh, bring back an old favorite of mine. I haven't put it on the podcast yet. I uh, used to be a big fan of the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Uh, of course, our man Fulgham was a finalist, uh, and you thought maybe maybe it was uh, maybe it was a QB rushing touchdown. No, we had a Kyle Yuxik, Kyle Juxik rushing touchdown for the Who? San Francisco 49ers this week. Uh, fullback touchdown, always a prime candidate Who? for the fantasy irrelevant <laughs> touchdown of the week. Uh, and that was your winner this week. So stick around next week. We'll, we'll, we'll go over who my irrelevant touchdown of the week is. Uh, but listen to me. Keep enjoying sports and Godspeed. Go LeBron. Who the hell is this? All right, Dave. Uh, they, let people know where they can follow you. Anything else to add? What the hell do we just listen to? I think uh, I think LeBron's now my most hated athlete above uh, Tom Brady after that rant. That was the most funny. we've talked about basketball on five seasons in this show. I don't understand what, what half of the stuff you were talking about uh, was, but I'll just disagree to disagree with Sean and, and be done with it on that point. But I uh, uh, just want to throw out there a little bit of uh, underdog parlayage for the, uh, the college football slate this week. We're going to go with uh, the, the UTSA, uh, Texas San Antonio, uh, straight up over. And then uh, we're going to go with UTEP as well, a little 6-1 to dog dance in there uh, for the followers there. Uh, we're at Huddle Up Dave on the Twitter. And uh, we'll catch everyone after an Alabama blowout uh, this coming weekend. <laughs> All right, lock it up again, big guy. There you go. I'm not hitting it again. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. There. Make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook, and uh, on Twitter and on YouTube, and subscribe to our show uh, and all of that stuff. If you go to any of our social media pages, you'll hit the link tree and get us there. And uh, make sure you're following along with our home network and GSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Huddle Up! Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?